The call for proposals for Voice Summit 2020 is available now. Having the opportunity to speak at Voice Summit will be highly competitive this year. So if you'd like the chance to be a speaker at this year's event, fill out the form at voicesummit.ai and click on Apply to Speak. Proposals are only open until January 31st, so be sure to get yours in now. That's voicesummit.ai and click on Apply to Speak. How do you take a voice project and turn it into a scalable voice program? Brandon Kaplan, the CEO of Skilled Creative, talks about his company's process in scaling voice experiences, which data is most important to use when scaling, plus why creative matters most and what makes his agency unique. Hi, Inside Voice podcast listeners. This is your co-host, Carrie Roberts. And today my guest is Brandon Kaplan, the CEO of Skilled Creative. Welcome, Brandon. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Really excited to chat. So your company, Skilled Creative, is one of the top New York City agency leaders in voice. What made you have an interest in voice and want to start this company a few years ago? And what makes your voice agency unique? You know, it's a a really good question. Um, Some people can tell, some people can't, but even our name, Skilled Creative, came from voice. It was a first Amazon Alexa workshop that I went to in 2016. At the time, I was... I was running a traditional content marketing agency down in South Florida and just seeing kind of what the vision was even so far back for voice and Alexa kind of melted my brain a little bit. I went home that night. I bought up the domain skilledcreative.com just because I thought, hey, you know, maybe my content shop could start building these little voice applications. And then it just so happened, you know, six months later, I was in New York starting up my own agency and I I adopted the name and made voice one of the first technologies that we're using in this in this new agency. We often hang out with competitive agencies. It's a really small industry. So there's a pretty tight-knit community of people. And you can kind of say a good quality agency can see another good quality agency. So there are a number of good agencies out there. What I think um, distinguishes us is that whereas a lot of the, the agencies out there are more kind of dev shops... You know, it's a it's a handful of developers who are kind of building things. Everybody in our agency comes from a traditional creative marketing background, so every single project that we take starts really aggressively from a strategy and creative perspective. So we spend a lot of time on the front end thinking about consumer behavior and user journeys, and what features can we mix, and what's kind of the flow. And I think that we've been fortunate to win a, a lot of business because we've come in with a very strategic approach versus just saying, Hey, here's a simple use case concept. Let's build it. So our clients tend to like working with us because of uh, that strategic approach. And then that lends itself to kind of a scalable relationship, which we've been successful in doing as well. And you know, we've talked a lot on this show about various pieces of creating a voice skill. But one of the big questions that also comes up is what do you do next? And so I'd love for you to share how you turn voice from a project into a program that scales. And if you can take us a little bit step-by-step of how your organization does that. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that is such an important thing for us, you know, being, you know, over three years kind of into voice, which in any technology is not a lot of time, but in in voice is, uh, is, you know, the whole kind of universe. We've seen the industry go from, you know, brands not really knowing what voice is to kind of saying, oh yeah, we'll, we'll try a pilot, to now brands have very quickly gotten to 
you know, this needs to generate an ROI for us or it's not really tenable. So we've been kind of required to come up with entire program approaches, scalable plans. So now when we meet a new client or we're talking with a client about scaling the program, we look at a number of different things. And I guess there's like seven different things that I'll, I'll go through really quickly. But first, we really look at the platforms. So you know, a lot of agencies out there are saying, well, voice is pretty much either Amazon or Google. Some light instances, we're all looking at Samsung as well. But in our opinion, voice is a program. Voice is a, a UI. And we should be looking, obviously, at the consumer platforms, but also beyond them. Is there a need for your organization from an enterprise perspective to have your own NLP? Should you be making your own custom hardware? Should you be partnering with a third-party company like SoundHound? So first, we look at the platforms and we say, are you even positioned on the right platform for the type of business that you're trying to run here? Then we look at kind of the, the use cases in the UX. And we do a lot of research. Oftentimes, these pilots are you know, simple features that were pulled from someone's website, their mobile application, or that someone on their brand or, or product team thought was a good idea. And we go back and we do a lot of research around the the use case in the UX. And we say, well, you know, based on surveys and in-depth interviews, this is actually not how people want to talk with you, or this is how people do want to talk to you. So we run this really interesting exercise with clients where we say, you know, imagine you were sitting on a park bench uh, and a brand or and a consumer kind of stepped up to you and, and sat down next to you. What's the conversation that they would want to have with you? And oftentimes, a park bench conversation is very different than a a website user experience. So we, we get brands thinking more about their conversational presence. And that goes a lot into the strategy around use case and UX. You know, then we really think about feature sets. There are dozens and dozens and dozens of great features that can be incorporated into skills and actions. But if you try and use all of those features at once, you're going to create a really frictioned experience with, with bad conversion rates and bad completion rates. So we work with brands to say, hey, you know, we've identified the platform, we know what the right use case is, we know how we want to approach it. Now let's think about what features do we want to add in. You know, maybe you're looking for data and you want to collect the right data. Maybe you're looking for, for different commerce opportunities, voice SEO opportunities. And then once we've really aligned on platform, the UX, the use case, the features, then we say, well, how do we build a creative program here that's scalable? Um, and how do we you know, interject a CMS? How do we build replicable code bases? And everything that we do is with a thought process of, well, we don't want you to use this and then kind of have to sit on it for a couple of years. How do we duplicate this across your brands? How do we make it easy for you to iterate on this with agility creatively? So once we've got that strategy done, we put together a, a really good creative plan that can scale for them. And then for us, the, the two biggest things really, you know, if you, you look at anyone talking about voice, discovery is kind of the big challenge. So Putting together a true marketing plan during that strategy phase is really, really important so that people know how they're going to go to market. You can't just launch a skill or an action or a capsule and, and hope that organically you're going to have a, a windfall. So you really need to put a, a true plan in action. What's your go-to-market strategy? What's your retargeting strategy? What type of tracking are you doing? How are you communicating with people? How are you driving retention through that marketing plan? And this is a long laundry list, but we're getting to the most important piece. The most important piece for us in terms of how you, you can win after doing the strategy and after defining the features and the UX and the creative plan and the production and the marketing plan is really committing yourself to an iterative approach. And some of the greatest successes that we've seen have not occurred in the launch month. They've happened in, in month three, four, or five after we've gone through the data, 
on a weekly basis. Um, and we've made small little tweaks every single week, you know, consistently to improve. And, you know, and by the end of a few months, we've got this really great machine that, that's cranking and we can pour marketing dollars on top of it. So for us, all those things are important in how you scale. But maybe the most important thing is paying attention to your data, your analytics, your reporting, and then really committing yourself and giving yourself the time to iterate and improve upon the experience because this is uh, definitely a marathon and, and not a sprint. Yeah. And when you're talking about data, what do you suggest people should be looking at when it comes to data? Is it the numbers? Is it the interaction, the words they're using? What data is the most important, do you think? It's a great question. It, it differs so wildly for, for people based on what performance they're looking for. I mean, a lot of our, our clients are saying, hey, you know, we want to do a brand equity play. We're looking to have as much engagement as possible. So from that perspective, we're, we're tracking unique visits, we're tracking completion rates, we're tracking where people have kind of dropped off the experience, we're tracking retention, we're tracking what is creating that retention. So we put in a lot of, you know, kind of side tables and, and trackers that say, hey, did someone come in through a deep link invocation because we unlocked something for them or we gave them an affirmation? So there's there's a certain set of data that's important for engagement. And then there's another set of data for potentially conversion. So if someone's trying to sell a product or do an in-skill purchase or sell a subscription or sign somebody up for something, we're really heavily focused on completion rates. And that could be a completion rate in terms of what percentage of people are enabling emails through contact permissions, what percentage of people have given us their phone number, how many people have made it into our offer, how many people have you know, clicked over into a commerce functionality? So can we track intention of conversion? And can we actually track what converted? And then that, that little data point between the intention to convert and actual conversion is a very telling story on how did you build the bottom funnel of your voice experience? And that's really the hard stuff. I mean, there's a reason that there is so much software available from a, a web perspective in terms of heat mapping and click tracking and mouse tracking because you can easily get somebody to your shop, but actually getting them to kind of hand over you know, money or email or information is the hard part. So there's engagement data, there's conversion data, and then there's just other kind of interesting things that you garner, whether it be fallback intent. So tracking what kinds of things people are asking for, but maybe you're not tracking to. So if we are in a commerce experience, but people are asking frequently about you know, entertainment questions relating to the lifestyle of a brand, we should be creating a little module that responds to what people are asking for. And not only does that inform the voice experience, but it also, we, we take that information back to the brand and, and it often informs their marketing teams that there's some lifestyle interest that people have that is not being reflected in our skill, but is also, you know, not being reflected maybe in their, in their marketing. So different data for, for different folks based on what they're looking for. Yeah. And you know, you're not the only one to say this. A lot of people talk about just the continuous maintenance, testing and improving of voice experience is so crucial because it's not just a one and done thing. It's a living, breathing thing that we have to keep attending to. What is the process that your team uses and how do you kind of show value in this element of maintenance when you are selling to a client? You know, it's funny. We, um, I guess another point of differentiation is that we really make our partners, our clients, we make their business our business. I think that's just like a company culture. We, we really attach ourselves emotionally to the success of the experience. You know, from a maintenance perspective, we always bake in uh, you know, a couple months of, of maintenance on an experience. We obviously want our 
clients to sign on to a maintenance contract with us. But more than just kind of debugging and simple maintenance, we really aggressively get into the what's the creative maintenance. And as I said earlier, we don't think that your final creative experience is what went live on day one. We think that for the first three months, you need to really be committed to getting in there and playing with copy, you know, shortening, lengthening intros, changing the way you're structuring questions. So for us, you know, obviously tracking data and, and adjusting kind of technical maintenance is important. But creative maintenance for us is the most important thing. And that's where we really lean in and I think show value for our, our partners. I recommend anybody that's out there building to make your client's business your business. The success of, the, of what you built for them is not just a reflection on your organization. It makes obviously for a better case study, but it deepens those relationships. And as I said, voice is not a, a six-month project. It should be a multi-year engagement that you have with your partners. And if you're really helping them build a voice program, then all of that should be involved. Now, do you have any stories you can share of clients who have scaled their voice experience with you guys? Yeah, we, we have a number of them. Um, we work with Simon & Schuster. They're a really, really great client of ours. You know, The book publisher, they're one of the top book publishers in the world. And very early, they were committed to, okay, we want to figure out this voice thing. So we launched the Stephen King experience for them a year ago. And since then, we've been engaged with them on research and strategy and discovery and building some, some kind of internal pilots. They're really dedicated to how can they leverage voice as a, a new emerging platform. So we have an ongoing relationship with them that's been really fulfilling. Meredith Corporation is another partner of ours. They own People Magazine, Parents Magazine, All Recipes, Entertainment Weekly, uh, a number of really incredible media properties. And we've been working with them for a year now, just launching product after product. So we launched Entertainment Weekly with them a few months ago. That was an incredible case study of they were committed to kind of staying on. And we tweaked that experience for three months. And all of the analytics have doubled, tripled, quadrupled in terms of conversion rates, completion rates, data collection, uh, and performance. And now they have this really incredible machine that they can look at and say, well, how can we use this as a business tool? So we've moved on you know, from, from that product to now we're focused on a couple other properties of theirs. So in the media space, we have a couple clients, Meredith being one, Wall Street Journal, Fast Company, another that have shown a pretty good long-term dedication. But it always boils down to the relationship is, is a strategy relationship. It is also an execution relationship. And then it's a, it's a long-term, how do we continue to improve this thing? Congratulations to you. I think that's great to hear. And it's wonderful to see that your clients are so committed to making this a continuous thing and to see it grow. If people want to learn more about what we talked about today, or they want to connect with you, where can they do that online? Uh, you can check us out on social media at Skilled Creative on most platforms. We're sharing you know, client stories, insights on the, the industry, little nuggets that we think are interesting relating to our industry. Uh, you can go to our website, skilledcreative.com or email us at hi at skilled creative. One thing I'll call out is that you know we're based in New York. I made kind of a, a big call to, to my social channels a few days ago that I think a big challenge for the industry has been that we don't yet have the massive award-winning creative on voice yet. Voice has represented pilot programs, you know, small budget pilot programs, growing budget pilot programs. And I've made a call to action that you know if you're a creative and you're based in New York City, we want to train up the best creatives in the world to start thinking about voice and working on voice so that in 2020, we can have those kind of earth shattering creative ideas. So we're going to start doing workshops here in New York City. 
I think every other weekend for the next couple of months. If you're a creative in New York City and you want to learn about voice, reach out to us on social or at Hyatt Skilled Creative. Uh, free workshops. We just want to get cool, creative minds involved in, in thinking about this platform. I love it. And the last question we like to ask on this show to help promote voice is what is a current flash briefing or voice skill or experience that you're really enjoying right now, or maybe one that your company has created that you've really enjoyed? Cool. So two things that I'll, that I'll call out that I'm really excited about. One is just routines. That's not a skill, but the fact that we can now do third-party insertion into routines really incredible. Think about where your brand fits in someone's morning or evening and then promote that. Hey, add us to your, your routine. I think is really, really cool. There was just an announcement that we have kind of uh, automatic switching with English and Spanish in the US, which I think is a massive opportunity. The fact that I could talk in English and then someone else in my household could talk in Spanish to the same device at the same time. Wildly exciting. And then to call out uh, something that we've specifically done I really do think how Meredith is approaching voice is, is very smart. They've got multiple media properties. Uh, they've built flash briefings with Spoken Layer. They've built third-party experience with us. And we are connecting all the different channels. So we're using you know, flash briefing ads to drive to our third-party experiences. So they're really thinking about an ecosystem. But check out Entertainment Weekly. Really proud of that. It's a really well produced. Every single Friday, we launch a new entertainment kind of what you need to be doing this week. It's called the Must List. I've actually learned some really cool uh, music artists and movies that I may not have come across. Every Friday, Entertainment Weekly on Alexa. Check it out. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being here, Brandon, and sharing all of your insight with us today. Oh, thank you for having me and, and really appreciate what you guys do to, to create this community. Thank you for listening to the Inside Voice podcast. We greatly appreciate you being a part of our community. And if you enjoyed this episode or you like the podcast, we would love it if you would subscribe, follow, like, share, leave a review of the show. If you have any questions, comments, feedback, people you want to see on the show, things you want to learn, feel free to send us an email at kerry at modev.com. That's K-E-R-I at modev.com. And be sure to check us out online at voicesummit.ai. Thank you. And we look forward to chatting with you next week.